Thank you, Nana. Um, good morning, everybody. Um, it's great to see all of you um, here today online. Great to see you again, Balve and um, Ruki um, and Eni. It's great to see you. Um, great to see you, Ryan. And uh, as we look into um, God's word this morning, we just want to um, want to pray for God to really help us. Want to pray for Him to just um, touch every one of our hearts so that we can be more like Him. So, Father, we come before you this morning. We pray, Father, for your word to penetrate deep within our hearts and that the light of your word will come and bring transformation. And, Father, that you will be able to open our eyes to be able to see the things you need us to see. Father, even as we um, look into your word, help us to focus and help us to receive all that you need us to receive today. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome again, each and every one of you. Um, we're going to see if we can um, try to um, finish the topic that I began last, the latter end of last year, which was um, an encounter with him. And for the sake of um, just to going to recap one or two things just to help us so we can be reminded of what was discussed. So the scripture that I used um, was um, the first scripture was Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10 that reads that I, that, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death and as a church we um, are looking at it um, the topic of um, the kingdom of God this year last year it was kingdom impact um, but for the basis of my um, notes at that time it was um, impact in the kingdom which is very similar but there's a there's a there's a difference so I gave the thing um, of actually saying that what the kingdom is, and we said a kingdom is a country or state or a territory ruled by a king. And we wanted to, uh, we were saying about kingdom impact, so effectively we want to bring the kingdom into the area to make an impact. So effectively we want to we bring God's kingdom into um, uh, different nations of the world, different communities, different life, the people, lives of the people, so that we can actually see Christ. Because remember, the scripture says that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And this is what the kingdom is all about. And we want to bring a change to our world because as we know with all the different things that's going on there is no other way that people will be able to receive any other hope other than Jesus Christ and so 
in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 10, we said that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we want to bring heaven, heaven's agenda into the lives of people, into the lives of our families, into the lives of our loved ones so that we can see them saved. But they, we have to be the ones to be the ones to share the good news of the gospel. But in terms of this, this topic, it all begins with um, having a relationship with Christ and then progressing. And we will go on further to see this. So the scripture also says that in Luke chapter 2 and verse 52, that how Jesus, he increased in wisdom and in stature and with favor with God and man. Jesus did not stay stagnant. Jesus did not stay plateau. Jesus progressed. Jesus moved on. There was a change. So it wasn't just from the time of his birth and then obviously he became a child and he went into the temple and he started to engage with the, the different religious leaders and he stayed there. But there was an increase over time because there was an encounter that he was having over time. Jesus said this in the Gospel of John chapter 5 and verse 30. I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will but the will of who sent me. Jesus continuously sought to do the will of the Father. And in seeking to do the will of the Father, he consistently had encounters. He consistently had things in his life that caused him to face different levels of change. And if we truly want to impact our world, we must consistently have encounters, personal encounters that will always change us. This is why, and I was saying in, um, in the previous ones, in the times of old, the men of old, this is why they'll want to die for Christ because they had conviction, because they had a revelation, they had insights. And may I add that these men weren't special men. They were ordinary men and women like you and I. They were ordinary people. They didn't have anything special about them. They didn't have any special qualifications. And in fact, they were just ordinary people, just like as the, the Bible says, like Peter, he was just a, a fisherman. But God was able to transform him to someone significant in 
the book of Acts, to someone who caused there to be 3,000 souls saved in one day because there was a transformation from the time that he re re rejected Christ, he denied him. There was a, he had an encounter that changed him from that point and he was revolutionized and he was, had been with Christ for three years and there was a progressive change over time. So why is it important to have encounters? And we said that it's important because it's out of these encounters that we have with our Lord, that we minister, that we serve, that we pour out, that we help to change the lives of people. It's in whatever we are doing for Christ, we pour out from that. David said this in Psalm 63. David said, in verse 1, O oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I can, I have seen you in the sanctuary and gazed upon your power and your glory. David encountered the Lord in the sanctuary. But in these verses of scripture, we see that he he's not just his body was longing for God. It was his soul. Everything within him was consumed in pursuing God. And in that hunger, in his soul, in his body, there was an encounter because we see in verse 2, he says, I have seen you in the sanctuary and gazed upon you, your power and your glory. So that opportunity is there for all. And God is no respecter of persons. What he's done for one, he'll do for another. The other thing that we said the last time was that this encounter, it cannot stop at the point of us giving our hearts to Christ. And as, as wonderful and as how, regardless of how it is such a wonderful experience, we cannot stop there. We need to move on and progress. And then the scripture reads on this in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. And we all with unveiled face continually seeing as a mirror the glory of the Lord are progressively being transformed into his image from one degree of glory to another. 
which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Because the, the born-again experience is the entry point. And then from that entry point, we progress and we move on to go deeper into the things of the Lord. And we said that we, because of this, we are his, his hands, we are his feet, we are his mouthpiece, we are his body. And in order for the, the people's lives to be touched, we need to have fresh encounters with him. And we said that an encounter is a personal experience that you have, that you, that you have face to face that changes your life forever. You're impacted in such a way that your relationship with Christ is not the same. The way how you interact with people is not the same. The way how you have your walk with the Lord is not the same. Everything changes all because you had uh, an encounter that has changed and has changed your mindset. Your paradigm has been shifted from one location to another because it's into something more deeper and more meaningful. The scripture is, um, reads in Daniel chapter 11 and verse 32, that those that do, do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And it's, it's about, as we get to know him, we will have these encounters. We will be able to do great exploits. And I know we are going to be doing great exploits in the days ahead, regardless of what the news is saying regardless of what the media is saying by the power of the holy spirit we will do great exploits we will win souls for jesus we will see people set free by the power of god we will see many of our loved ones come to know the lord jesus christ because we are seeking to get to know our god and we are moving with his spirit to allow his Holy Spirit to touch the lives of others. And the other thing that we said the last time was that there are dangers of not hungering for the Lord, dangers of not being, of not being, of becoming um, satisfied with where you are. Because we are, God has destined us to be changed into his image more and more and more. And so we said that it's dangerous to be satisfied because we will become religious. And we read the scripture in Matthew chapter 23, verse 25, and it reads, what sorrow awaits you teachers of a religious law and you Pharisees and hypocrites for you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish but inside you are filthy full of greed and self-indulgence and we said that religion is man's attempt to make 
make our lives right with God through good works, through sacrifices and rituals and money. This is man's attempt. But Christianity is not a religion. It is encountering a relationship with Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And we move from one level to another. And so we have to bear that in mind. This is something that can happen to any one of us. It's not something that's just the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. We constantly have to keep a guard and ask the Lord to search our hearts. Also, another danger of not hungering for God and being or becoming satisfied rather is becoming is becoming um, prideful. Becoming prideful. Oh, the Lord has used me today powerfully. Oh, oh yeah, this is this is wonderful, man. I'm see see, see how, how 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 powerful I am, and oh, the Lord has given me a word to share to somebody. Wow, oh, such great prophecies I've got. Or it could be like, um, wow, you see, you see how I cast out that demon. Wow, Lord, help us, please. <laughs> we all, every single one of us have to guard our hearts with all vigilance because out of it are the issues of life. We have to protect our hearts and ask the Lord to help us to search us. And as we continually have accountable relationships with different ones and we, we put ourselves in a place that we can be having our lives spoken into, because at times we, we don't want to have our lives spoken into. We want to do our own thing and run our own show. But I want to encourage you, my, my brothers and my sisters, uh, let people speak into your life. Because you know what? It will, God is, 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 is helped me and is helping me all the time. All the time. And I've not made it. I'm, I'm just trying to, by his mercies, get to be where the Lord needs me to be. But we also said this, we said that Satan displayed pride in the very presence of God and managed to persuade a third of the angels to, fall, to follow him and they eventually fell. Pride is a deadly thing. It is a deadly thing. And I, it's, it's, it's one of those things that we have to, as soon as we get a sniff of it, we need to deal with it immediately. David said this in Psalm 139, verses 23 to 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. David knew that there is wicked ways in his heart. And in fact, the Bible says that we cannot trust our hearts and that our hearts, we cannot put our confidence in, in our hearts because our hearts is 
not it needs to be renewed constantly with the word of god with the things of god and as we continuously do that and allowing the lord to search our hearts in addressing those areas that the lord has highlighted or even where the lord uses other people to highlight it to us we must address it for our own safety for our own protection so that we can be more like Christ, so that we can, um, Christ can be seen in us, the hope of glory. Another thing, another danger of not hungering for, for God and becoming satisfied was this idolatry. Idolatry. The scripture reads in Matthew chapter 19, verse 16 to 22 it says that how the rich young ruler came and um, said lord I've, I've done i've done everything that you've you've requested of me in his eyes and then the lord said to him go and sell everything that you have the bible says that he went away sorrowful because he had those riches those possessions all those items that was more precious to him than the lord the possessions took the place of his heart where where god was meant to be reigning where the lord was meant to be in charge the possessions took and reigned and ruled that area of his heart and this is something that every one of us have to consistently check all the time for some it might be food for some it might be um your car whatever it is bring it before the lord repent of it today so that he can ask um change you so that he can help you. Another area of uh, where we could be is, is, a, is a danger in, in not um, hungering for the Lord is to observe the, the commandments that Jesus has. Whoops, I've gone to the wrong section. Please forgive me. Right. This is the other thing that I was going to mention about idolatry. Jesus was tempted and he was tempted by Satan. And the Bible says that um, how Jesus was taken to a very high place. And the Bible says how Satan presented everything to Jesus all in one instance. All the different icons, if you could imagine, like maybe in, in, our, in our age, maybe like this, say, the Eiffel Tower and Big Ben and um, if, you know, if, um, the Freedom Tower, let's just say, for example. He presented everything. And Satan said to Jesus, all of these I will give to you if you will bow down and worship me. 
and Jesus said that these, he said that you only worship the Lord by God. That's a paraphrase. I'm, I'm jumping because of time. But these kind of things, Jesus was able to recognize that that was pure idolatry that Satan was actually presenting. The, the Pharisees and the, the scribes practiced idolatry as well. In Matthew chapter 15, verses 9, you can, verses 1 to 9, to 9 you, can, you can read that. But nothing should come between our relationship with the Lord. We must do everything we can to guard our relationship with the Lord. Everything possible we um, everything we can to do possibly to protect it in in matthew chapter 5 and verse 6 jesus says blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled and so we need to to pray and ask the lord to create a new hunger in us all the time, not just a one-off prayer, but frequently pray, saying, Lord, create a fresh hunger for an encounter with you. A fresh hunger with you. So, asking the Lord to create an intense hunger in us is what we really really need and in Matthew in Psalm 91 and verse 1 it reads he that dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty we we need this these verses of scripture not just to be something that we can recite and you know we and it's, it's great to recite scripture I'm not knocking it at all but these things need to be a reality so that when we meet people who are out in the streets, by his grace and by his mercy, we can demonstrate the power of God. We can see the sick healed. We can see the dead raised and we are trusting God that we will see the dead raised. We will see the cripples walk. We will see the blind eyes open. This is what the kingdom of God is all about and bringing hope to the hopeless and bringing peace to those who are in turmoil. Because if there is ever a day that anyone needs peace is today. And with the Lord's help, we can bring this hope to them. The scripture says in Acts chapter 10 and verse 34 that Peter opened up his mouth and said, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. And I'm reading the scripture to say this, that each of us, every single one of us that are online today, all of us are on equal footing in reaching all that God has intended for us and when 
we we think of it when you think of it god this is why you know you think about that commandment where that is the number one commandment that we should love the lord our god with all our heart this is probably maybe the reason why god wants us to have him as his number one so i'm saying that to say that god's no respect of persons we can press into him and we can ask him to um, saying, Lord, help me to love you with everything and help me to have that encounter with you. Help me to go deeper in you. Help me to go further in you. Help me to reach the fullness that you've ordained. In the scriptures, in, in John chapter 3, we, we understand the story about um, Nicodemus, how he, um, he was very curious, should we say, and he was um, about Jesus, and, so, and he was a Pharisee, he was um, a member of the ruling council, he came to Jesus by night asking him the question, and, you know, Rabbi, you know, what must I do? Um, you know, just asking him these different, asking him that question. And then Jesus gets to the heart of the matter and says that unless you are born again, you won't be able to see the kingdom of God. And then Nicodemus was actually thinking that, look, how can I be born again? I've what can I be, do I have to come out of my, go into my mother's womb a second time? And Jesus said that, no, it's not that. It's, he was, because he, he, he had a religious mindset. And Jesus went on to explain how we needed to be born of the water and of, of the spirit. The water being the word of God and the spirit being the spirit of God. And with Nicodemus, he actually had an encounter. When you look at his life in the scriptures, you then notice in John chapter 19, verse 39, that it says this, it says, and there was, there came also Nicodemus, which at the first came to Jesus, by night and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes about a hundred in weight. So when Jesus was crucified, Nicodemus was there because he had been touched. He had been changed. He wasn't the religious leader who, who he was. He moved from one level to the other because who was going to be spending a hundred pound in weight? which is equivalent to almost the, nearly a hundred thousand pounds, approximately. So, something happened to him. He was transformed by the power of God. It then goes on to say, if you look in um, the Gospel of John, chapter 7, verse 50 to 51, he was actually standing up um, for Jesus it's, and he says that Nicodemus, the leader who met Jesus earlier, spoke up 
Is it legal to convict a man before he is given a hearing? He asked. So you can see Nicodemus, who was a religious leader, and he had a transformation. He moved from one phase to the other. He didn't stay where he was. So, in essence, we can see that with Nicodemus, he, he actually contributed to the burial of Jesus. He joined Arimathea in the, the burial, the whole process. Um, he, he, he spoke um, up and um, defended um, Jesus when he was amongst his peers. So you can see how he had that transformation. And Jesus touched his life in such a way that he wanted to spend his hard-earned money and he wanted to be, um, wanted to give his all to Christ. I'm going to try and start this, this other next phase here. And I want to give some background um, about um, Jacob and Esau, because Pete, not everybody will know this story, but some of some most of us will, but some of us won't. But I want to talk about a little bit about Jacob and Esau, because Jacob had an encounter, and his situation was really serious. And just to give you some background, Jacob. Um, he, his, his father, his father was Isaac, his mother was Rebecca. And the Bible says like how, when his mother had um, the two, his brother, and Esau, Esau and Jacob were brothers, when they were in the womb, the Bible says like how there was a struggle that took place in her womb. And so she inquired of the Lord. She said, Lord, what's, what's going on here? Because this is a bit intense in here. And then the Lord said that there was two nations in her. And there was two rivals. And one rival will be stronger than the other. And the older will serve the younger. And the Bible says that... Esau, which was one of the brothers, was very um, um, hairy. He's red and very hairy. Jacob had a very smooth skin. And the Bible says that as they came out, that Jacob held onto the heel of the elder brother. And if you look at the name of Jacob, it means supplanter, trickster. Um, and... So, and I'm giving all this kind of background just because you'll understand later on why I'm, I'm, I'm going up to this point. The Bible says like how Esau became a cunning hunter of the field and Jacob was a man who he was this plain, this dwelling in tents, chilling out with mum at home and dad. And the Bible says like how Isaac um, loved um, Esau 
but Rebecca loved Jacob. And um, one day Esau, he went on, a, on one of his missions to go and get some, one of his hunting missions, got his bow and his arrow and stuff like that. And he came back very faint and Jacob had some red pottage and um, Esau said, listen, man, give me this food. I, I need this food. And then Jacob, the trickster, the supplanter says, tell you what, I'll, I'll give you that food if you give me your birthright. And cutting that story short, Esau agreed. And then he actually sold his birthright to his brother. And then it got to the point where Isaac was um, old and his eyes were weak and no longer he was able, not able to see very well. And then he called his son Esau and he says, listen, go and get me some venison. This is my speciality. You know, I love this. Go and get me some deer. And I want you to make me some wonderful venison. Um, go find the venison and then cook it and bring it and then I'll bless you. And then the Bible says that Rebecca heard this. She told his brother, Jacob, the trickster. And then he um, was encouraged by his mother to put um, something on to um, feel like it's, it's Esau and to put his robe on so that the smell, the aroma that came from um, the hunting would be on Jacob. And then just moving forward in that, Jacob then blessed um, Esau, sorry, Jacob. But then he, but just before that time, you say, mm, this, 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 you know, your voice sounds like Jacob, like sounds like Jacob, but you smell like Esau. But when the smell was there, he was convinced that it was actually Esau. Then the Bible says like how he blessed him. And when he blessed him, he blessed him, he gave him the, the full blessing. Because remember, the younger the older will serve the younger. This was all part of God's plan anyway. Because remember, Esau despised the birthright. And so, um, looks like we're running out of time, but let me just say this last part. The Bible says like how Esau came back and then wanted to receive the blessing and how he was so disappointed, he, he wept and said, look, dad, don't you have anything for me? Don't you have any blessing for me? And he got a blessing, but not the blessing that Jacob did. Um, by that time, Jacob had ran off to his uncles because Esau was saying, listen, as soon as my father is dead, I'm going to take his life out. So he shipped out quick time. And he spent spent most of his he spent 20 years of his life with his uncle Laban. And I'm gonna have to stop there because 
I'm building up this story because I want us to give, give you a picture of where I want to bring about this encounter that Jacob had that was so significant that we need to we, we need to have we need to have an encounter obviously we have all different types of situations but we need to still have an encounter with our lord and i believe that as i was speaking today that god is ministering to your heart about going deeper about going stronger in him about going higher in him because there is so much for each of us to do in this world today where there is there appears to be no hope but we have the message of the hope that we can bring to the hopeless as we tap into Christ and as we hook into him and as we lean into him and as we place our confidence in him we will be able to bring hope to the nations and to our communities and to our families because Christ in us the hope of glory amen let me pray and then I'll hand over father we come before you today we thank you for your word we thank you that the entrance of your word has brought light to your people today and father even as your word has gone forth i pray that you will continue to move upon the hearts of all of us father so that we can enter into that level of encounter that level of change that level of drawing closer to you help us lord to then transfer that into bringing hope to the hopeless. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.